Welcome to the Dr. Me First podcast with me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Erin Wiseman. Hey, welcome back to Dr. Me First. It's me, your super sassy host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, and I am bringing you another fabulous conversation with a female colleague. Today's episode is with Dr. Saya Nagori, and she is a fellowship-trained ophthalmologist who is doing some amazing work in the field of telemedicine. Now, you guys know if you've listened for half a minute that I get all juiced up when we talk telemedicine, and so this conversation is full of juice, let me tell you. Her word today is innovation. She talks both about her own innovations and how that's played out in her life and career, but then she also gives some advice for if you're thinking about doing something innovative in medicine. We briefly touch on what failures kind of feel like and how to get through them, and then we all also hit more on mindset work, both sharing what we've learned that has gotten us through good times and hard times. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Make sure to stick around afterwards for that kick of encouragement. And okay, let's go ahead and get into it. Here we go. Back with another very special guest. Oh my God, we have spent the last 25 minutes talking to each other that we finally decided to turn on the recording because this is such amazing shit. You all need to hear this. All right, so we are going to hop into the middle of our conversation that we are having so that you guys can all have the pleasure of it. Hi guys, my name is Saya Nagori. I'm an ophthalmologist. I also am a telemedicine enthusiast. I started a company back in 2015 called Simple Health. Uh, while I was at NYU teaching residents. Uh, So Simple Health, a little bit about it. It started as a vision platform since I'm an ophthalmologist. Uh, We do online vision exams for contact lens renewal. Uh, We've raised over 20 million in funding and we now also have expanded to birth control. Uh, So we do online telemedicine initial visits for birth control as well as renewals for birth control. And obviously uh, we have a large team of OBGYNs and family physicians that head up that section. But uh, about me, I'm just really enthusiastic about telemedicine, about innovation, and about teaching telemedicine and innovation to other physicians. You're an all-around badass. And you're going to hire my ass for for doing some birth control because I am the queen of birth control. But anyway, I love it. (laughs) That's right. And we were talking before we got on to the courting just kind of about like our different journeys and about how we have both found in our own professional lives that we are like true blue grinders. Like we can seriously overwork it. And I know I, I will say that I officially burned out and you were talking about how you felt like that you had gotten close, but not probably totally crispy. And so yeah, into that and talking about like that, like grind it to the ground. I love that your word is innovation because now you're channeling that grinding energy into all of these different projects. So you mentioned the simple health, which I think is absolutely amazing. Tell me about your other innovation with the teaching colleagues telemedicine. Yeah. So basically this is something on a little earlier in our conversation, but when I got into the whole telemedicine game, 
I got approached all the time by different doctors. Hey, like I want to learn telemedicine. How do I do it? Hey, I want to learn telemedicine. How do I do it? And basically over 2016 and 2017, I got to the point where my bandwidth was just not enough, like to, to answer all these questions and same conversation over and over again. And what I liked about what you said is that if you're saying the same thing over and over again, you just need to find a better way of delivering it. And so that's sort of how the course came about. Um, you know, I, I tried even consulting. The problem was, is that like I charged $400 an hour for consulting and it's really only big hospitals that hire me to do that because that's a super high price point for most physicians that are interested in getting like involved in telemedicine, like $400 an hour. And it's probably going to take like a minimum of 10 hours just to get you off the ground versus a course that's, you know, 500 bucks for a one-time fee. It just made sense to me um, to be able to get the knowledge out there, not feel like I was spending, you know, 20 hours a week on the phone and just constantly repeating myself. Okay. This is what you do. This is step one. This is step two. These are the terms you need to know. So yeah. So that's sort of something that happened to me about a year ago. And that's when I started working on it. And, and it's been great. I've gotten a community of telemedicine providers because another thing that we had talked about was there's freedom in telemedicine. And that's something that I found was, holy shit, I can make money and see patients and patients are happier um, because, you know, they can do it from their phone and I can do it from, you know, my phone um, or my desktop computer and have this freedom. And I think a large part of physician burnout is not having freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's like the beauty of telemedicine. It's like, I want to be available and here's when I'm available and, you know, I'm going to take care of you in the best way and show up in the best way that I can. And then also realizing like there's limitations, like, yeah, sometimes you're actually going to have to be seen in person, but it's really nice exactly to be able to, to like define your practice. I, that's the biggest thing that I love about I truly have control and freedom of my schedule and I have control of my practice of medicine. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Like for me, freedom trumps money any day, like any day. I don't want, I don't need to have that extra paycheck if I have no freedom over how I practice. And, and to be honest, exactly what you said, like telemedicine does not have to be an absolute thing. There are situations where patients are going to have to go in, but then think about how many times we see patients and we're like, Oh my God, you didn't have to come in. Like, you know what I mean? Like there is that ability to triage that and not have the patient come in or you not going in for what is quote unquote, a supposed emergency, which is not an emergency oftentimes, you know? So I think employing telemedicine, getting involved in innovation and Dude, we can do anything. If we went through medical school, if we went through residency, if we got through fellowship, or if we took our boards, like, God, like, they're learning telemedicine is just another thing, or learning something innovative is just another thing that you can accomplish. Like, very confident that Absolutely. people can do it. Absolutely. It's like, it's the whole, and what that I think it is, is like people's just their inner fears. Like, they're, they themselves right. are not comfortable with the situation and they become fearful and then they project it. It's like the same way when people talk up to me, they're like, aren't you afraid you're going to lose your clinical skills? And I'm like, guys, it's like anything like you go away from it. But if I wanted to start delivering babies again, yeah, I would need to go through the appropriate steps and like relearn, get my like neuroplasticity all fired up. 
But yes, you know, if that's something that I was really determined to do, why wouldn't I be able to get back on the bike again and ride to, to do a procedure? And I know like in surgical specialties, that's like a, a thing that's a really big topic right now is like re-entering after like taking a break. But I mean, I think everybody needs to cut some slack and be like, if we learned it the first time, of course, we're going to learn it again. And you know, that's just the, the matter of it all. And, but why should you let the fear of like, oh my God, what if stop you from doing something really beautiful right now? Oh, I totally agree with you. One of my biggest challenges, actually, I don't want to say challenge, but one of my biggest ideas in the last two to three years was sort of taking this experience of building a company and going outside of my comfort zone and going part-time. So I went from full-time clinical medicine to part-time clinical medicine when, when Simple Health started. And obviously that was very, I was fearful because, well, one, I was very young in my career and I was like, it's probably not an appropriate time to be going part-time. I didn't have, you know, the typical sort of reasons for going part-time, which were, you know, you see it's like, oh, I have kids. So I went part-time. I didn't have kids. You know, I was building something and I had no idea if it was going to be successful. You had a baby business. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. And like, but like, these are the things that I went through in my mind, right? Like these are things that I went through in my mind. And I'm not saying that they're, they're the right way to think. I'm just saying it's, it's what I thought that, you know, I still had medical school loans. I, I mean, I still have them now, um, but I had a bigger amount of medical school loans when I went for a time. And it was just fear, you know, it was just like totally fear of not doing something that won't be successful. And I was lucky that it's been successful to this point, but at some point you just have to do it because I always say regret you know, is, is way worse, right? Regret is way worse than failure. So I'm kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And I know that's going to mean lost income for X amount of years, but holy shit, like it's 2019. It's so, it's so successful. I couldn't have imagined if I saw that growing from the sidelines and I was still working full time doing the same thing over and over again. I would have been like so mad at myself for not taking the plunge to be a part of it. Um, and so the same thing, like I, I started two years ago, I had this idea for a physician conference on innovation and entrepreneurship because I want, I know physicians want to do things. Like I know there's so many people out there like me and you that are like, I want to do something more, whether it's in tech, whether it's innovation, whether it's, you know, expanding on their side business or side hustle or whatever. Like I know they want to do something. And I even had a fear about like starting that conference. And it took me a year and a half from the idea and talking to people to even plunge into it and do it. And now I have a sold out conference. I have like a crazy list of amazing speakers coming to New York and all to teach physicians about how to be entrepreneurs, how to raise money, how to get investors, how to even basic things like how to incorporate and what's a convertible note and how do you, you know, pitch an idea to more complicated things like, you know, patenting a product or, you know, all those kind of things that are just new for us. But like you said, if we could get through all those things of becoming a doctor, I don't, I don't think it's that much of a leap to say that we can't be just as innovative as some of those crazy successful people that you see out there. Like I just, 
you know, it's just a mindset to me at least. It is girl. You are speaking my language as a life. <laughs> it is, it is, you know, the battle is 95% within our heads. It's like that 5% of that, like knowledge getting or that experience that you've got to like go out and learn or like find the right people to connect to. But that's why I love life coaching because you were, you got right into it. You know, it wasn't the, the fact of how do I do it? you had to wrestle with the fear of if I can do it and am I justified? Yeah. And, you know, like getting into that and like really like working that around and feeling it and being like, well, what would justify this? What would success mean? Who do I need to validate going part-time to? You know, are so yeah. important questions. I'm so glad you worked with it. And now you can see the fruits of your labor from it. Yeah. It's insane because I see it now, but, God, the struggle is real. <laughs> like, you know, when you're going through it and you're looking at your paycheck and you're, you know, you're not, because sometimes the fruits of your labor take time, right? Oh, girl, like, you're talking to me. Shit, when the checkbook goes negative for like the first time <laughs> since your like college days and I'm buying ramen noodles at the yeah. grocery store instead of my organic zucchini. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know the struggle is real. And I guess that, and I love your story because I think it can encourage every single listener out there today to say, keep going. Like it's, yeah, no, totally. And you're going to fail. And I think that's the one thing you just have to accept, right? You're going to fail. Like you're totally going to fail. It is so uncommon to just hit something on the head and even joining the founding team of Simple Health, my, my two co-founders, like that was like the fourth company that I had sort of dabbled with at that point. So it wasn't the first, you know, I just don't, I don't talk about the other three because I mean, they barely lasted and um, I'm happy to talk to anyone offline about them, but you know, not trying to advertise that. <laughs> no, but I think that's really important to see. Like me, for instance, I can be totally transparent. Like when I first started like my life coaching business and put it out there, like I went months without a single client and I was just like, God damn, you know, like, but then you shift, you move, like you don't stay in the like, yeah. oh my God, this is a failure. You know, you decide like when you fall down, like, do I just lay here or do I get back up? And you know what? A majority of female physicians, we are nasty, tenacious and we get back yeah. up and totally. then we get knocked down again and we do a burpee and we get back up again. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I gotta do, gotta do more burpees. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and that's the thing. Like, we all hate burpees. I hate burpees. But you better believe those things get you so strong and so much more in shape than, like, practically any exercise out there. But I love the metaphor for it. Like, you've got to fall flat on the floor and get back up again so that you can, like, then next time be faster, stronger, bigger. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think that understanding failure is so important and also understanding people, right? I think a lot of the people that like, I love my parents to death. They're amazing people. Um, very fortunate to have them, but they also spoke from fear, right? Like when they were like, what are you doing? It was also their fear speaking. Yes. Like they came to this country, you know, they had to, you know, in their twenties and they had to make a life for themselves. And for them, when they look at me, like, they're like, wow, you have, I mean, not only your doctor, we're very proud of you, but 
also doctor to them meant stability. And it meant like this just very stable income. And for them to look at me, who was now voluntarily leaving that stable income for a huge pay cut to try something new, um, you know, they were like, that's just crazy, you know, and that's just not, that's not. I totally get that. Like, as I was leaving my own clinical practice, one of my mantras that I had to keep reminding myself as people were saying things is it's not about you. They're speaking about them. They're speaking mm-hmm. about them. Like the opinions are like, you know, that their fears are coming up. And I just had to learn to kind of like hand those back over to you, to them. And, you know, like, they're like, well, what are you going to do, Dr. Wiseman? And I'm like, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, like, it wasn't my, I just learned that it wasn't my place to comfort them. Like they have got to deal with their own fears, their own insecurities, their own concerns, because honestly, at the end of the day, the only person that we can change or who we can fix is ourselves. I totally agree. I mean, I have read so many books on this. It's insane, which is why we're like totally vibing right now, but it's, uh, it's true. And, and this happens even when you're talking about innovation, right? Because people are going to try to tell you your idea is no good, or they're going to try to tell you the thing you want to build is impossible. Or in this situation, like, I mean, after the telemedicine course, my next project um, was to, to do this conference. And I, I had people um, supposedly like, you know, well-wishers that were putting me down that were not really trying to be helpful. And then it's interesting how people come back around when they see that you're becoming successful, when they see that, Oh, well, her idea was actually great. And look at all these people that are engaged and look at all these doctors that want to be entrepreneurs and want to be innovators. And, and it's just, it's interesting. And you have to really learn how to, I don't want to say drown them out because I have learned something very important from every negative person in my life. Um, and so it's just take the lesson and move on. Um, it's hard sometimes to move on. Like that's a tough thing, but taking the lesson is so important, I think. And, and, and letting the negative people actually help you grow, which is a a sort of twist on negativity. Right. Yeah. I'm one that I like use that negativity and I'm I'm like, I'm going to show you just, you wait wait, kind of thing because yeah, that's right. They're going to criticize because they don't see it. And I think that's, to me, the next most important step from what you are building on it is then have your tribe. Like your people who are like, I don't even know. This totally blows my mind, but go, girl, go. Yeah, totally. Totally. You know, they got your back. I will say that female physicians have been, you know, for the most part, ironically, the two of the biggest naysayers in my life were actually female physicians, but, but the majority of female physicians have been amazing and super supportive. Um, and actually a lot, I have a, a lot of he for she people too in my life. A lot of, um, males, not just physicians, but that have been very supportive and you got to just let your tribe, whether it's male or female, just, you know, let them bolster you, let them support you and, and you do you. And eventually if you're doing something that has, some substance, it's likely going to be successful. Like how successful is hard to say, but if you, if it has substance, you've got something there. I think so too. Like if, if it is in your heart and it is something that needs to be in the world, 
it will happen. And I think that's what I remind myself too, is like going back to my why. I think that's a huge thing to do. And then also like being flexible and being like, okay, this is what we tried. We launched, we tried, didn't happen. And so being flexible and like going back to that why and going back to what the world needs and then trying it again, I think is because that's where I think we get so hung up as I'm talking to new female entrepreneurs and um, female physician entrepreneurs is like they did something and then it failed. And then they're like devastated on the couch watching Netflix. And I'm like, Oh no, Oh no. Like it's still there. The world needs you. They need your voice. They need your product and service. Now that didn't work. So it's the whole Edison model. Like what's the next light bulb? And just keep trying. And keep trying. And sometimes things will work and then they won't work and then they'll work. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not always, it's not always a steady climb, right? Even with telemedicine, which is a really interesting example in this, in this way, because telemedicine is like one of the most innovative things that's happened. But from a regulatory and legislative standpoint, the laws are constantly changing and they're constantly in flux. So as a telemedicine provider, I'm someone who's constantly sort of having to adjust and view what the regulatory environment is to keep my innovation something that is still relevant on par. Yeah, which is still on par with what is now going to be considered acceptable. Because one of the powerful things about being an early innovator is that from a regulatory standpoint, sometimes the regulations and things like that don't exist. Right. So like when, for example, when Facebook came out, right, like it just broke crazy boundaries on what privacy meant because there was no expectation that someone would have access to all that information from someone that was providing it all on their own. And so now the government is involved, right? Because there's, there's all these implications. And the same thing is happening right now with telemedicine is that we sort of moved companies like mine, like Simple Health, we started moving faster than what slower behemoths could keep up with in terms of regulation and and things like that. And now they're catching up. And so it's important that we're staying on top of these things, that we're being a voice in the process. And, And that's another thing that I think physicians need to understand is that we have been trained to think and do and act in a certain way. Like there is a protocol, there is a okay, these symptoms, then we do this, then we do this differential diagnosis, then we order these tests, and then we narrow from here. And so like, one of the things to keep in mind with innovation is that you have to constantly like, think a little differently, you have to constantly flux and change and, and, and maybe shift in the way that you think in order to keep your innovation on par with what your competitors are doing, or what the expectation is of your customer. Um, and so I think that's something that's like, as physicians, we need to learn a little bit better how to do. Yeah. I know though, by just asking the question, like what else, like that was a big Mm -hmm. question I learned when I was doing life coaching training that made me a better doctor because you know, like you said, in our training, it's like you do, you do, do you narrow down and then like, boom, diagnosis. But like, really, that's not real life. You need to be like, well, what else? And then like that person comes back in six months and like everything has changed. And nothing has changed, but everything has changed. And so you've got to see, yeah, you've got to like roll with the waves and be like, okay, where are we now? And what's happening now? And all of that kind of stuff. So I, I love that so much. Well, 
if people want to know more about you and of course they need to come hang out with us more because we are amazing, but yeah. where can they find you either on social media or online? Uh, if they want to follow me on Instagram, which I have unfortunately become a little less active on because I'm doing all this other crap, um, but it's really exciting stuff. It's uh, just my first name, Cyanagori, uh, first name, last name, MD. So Cyanagori, MD. And uh, if they want more information on the telemedicine course or on the conference, it's uh, www.medicineandtech.com. So the word medicine, the word and, A-N-D tech.com love it we'll get all that in the show notes it has been my pleasure talking with you your new, oh, new you bff just so you know and oh, you're awesome. gonna have to come back and give us an update in a couple months to all yes. these like projects so we can see how the ebb and flow has gone yes you will have an update the conference is april 27th in new york so we could definitely do an update after after that and let you know about all the cool physician entrepreneurs that we had and we're super excited all right. Are you ready for that kick of encouragement? I just so appreciate Dr. Nagori coming on the podcast and sharing her heart. You know, and I get really inspired when I see a spark of myself, something I'm passionate about, or something I want to be. And Dr. Nagori truly inspires me. She represents to me a brilliant colleague who has stepped out and stepped up into an amazing role in medicine. So thank you so much. And I ask you, my listener, what has inspired you lately? Something happened in your life, particular person, situation, event? And think why that has inspired you. Really dig into it to understand, you know, is it that I see a part of myself? Is it how I view what I want to be or what I'm becoming? Or is it maybe a fond memory of the past that it brings up a great emotion? So think about that. What's recently inspired you? And then on the flip side, what if you haven't been inspired recently? Well, it's not uncommon. And I've been in that place where it's just kind of like the ugh. And nothing seems to have that glimmer and shine and that freshness and newness of inspiration. And with that, I would say if you haven't been recently inspired... Maybe your spirit's crushed a little bit. Is there something going on either in front of you or under the surface that has you down? Is your creativity capped off because of just the hustle and bustle of life? It can make it really hard when you don't have inspiration in your life because it can be such an energizing emotion. So if you'd like to lighten that burden, if you'd like to invite inspiration back into your life, I would love for you to schedule a colleague to colleague call with me. Just sit down confidentially in a safe space, kind of talk through what's going on with you, do a little bit of coaching, and maybe perhaps you leave a little bit lighter. Also, I want to mention too, if there's any other fellow physician coaches out there that are listening to the podcast, I have a group that I created a couple months ago called the Coaching Circle, based off of my grandma's quilting circle. But anyway, as coaches, we get together to help lift each other up and inspire each other in this growing field of physician and patient coaching. So if you'd like to be a part of that, send me a message. Let me know because it's been a great place to get some amazing inspiration from like-minded women in this field of coaching. So send me an email. Let me know.
Okay, guys, as always, when I finish these episodes, please remember your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye.